0: You're listening to Rock of Ages, where I introduce my friends who are much into music theater to different types of pop and rock music, and sometimes they'll introduce me to some theater music.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 47th consecutive week of Cade Month.
0: Sure does feel like that long.
1: It sure does, and isn't it glorious? Yes. In this episode, we're covering the Mountain Goats Beat the Champ, released in, uh, I believe, 2017, is the Mountain Goats concept album about professional wrestling. With me, as ever, is uh, this piece of sack. Uh, Would you care to enlighten the audience about what your name is?
0: Alright, um. It doesn't matter what your name is! <laughs>
2: uh, that radiated really the same energy as the Sonic movie when Robotnik was like, "Nobody cares."
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's also, a nobody
1: wrestler. cares. Nobody mm-hmm. cares.
0: Mm-hmm. But for real, I'm Andrew, and with us always is Isaiah. Hello, Riley. Hello, Romy. Hi, and Wyatt. Beat the Champ is the 15th studio album by The Mountain Goats, released on April 7, 2015 under Merge Records. The producers were Brandon Eggleston and Scott Salter, and uh, the genres are indie rock and indie folk. And I'm going to read the uh, all-music review from Mark Deming, who also is the uh, guy who wrote the all-music review for Funhouse, and therefore is the guy you can blame for all of your problems. In this life, you take your iconic experiences where you find them. Some people have their worldview turned upside down by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, Steve Reich, or Akira Kurosawa, while others find their epiphanies through Tom Clancy, Rush, or Star Trek. And who's to say they're running less valid? John Darnielle of The Mountain Goats was a passionate fan of pro wrestling when he was a kid in the 70s, before the game reinvented itself into a glossy entertainment experience akin to a hair metal concert. He was attracted to the action in the storylines in which the heroes battled heels in run-down auditoriums and on syndicated TV week after week, but as importantly, it was also one of the few things that allowed him to bond with his stepfather, one small place where their obsessions crossed paths. For Darnielle, wrestling was cruelty more than just noisy fun, but a sort of folk theater that spoke of good and evil, and how decent men must sometimes mimic their nemesis to serve the greater good. All of which is why the Mountain Goats have written and recorded an album about pro wrestling, Beat the Champ features 13 songs that deal in various ways with the nuts and bolts of pro-grappling, the larger-than-life characters that fought in the ring each week, and the men who made careers out of bringing those characters to life. If you expect Beat the Champ to be an experience in kitsch, you couldn't be more wrong. Have Darn- Here, Darnielle writes about his youthful fascinations with the understanding and literacy of a grown man, and while he's clearly aware of the theatrical absurdity of the not-quite-a-sport-in-tunes like Foreign Object and Fire editorial, that doesn't mean he doesn't respect their place as theatrical devices. And the snapshots of lives in and out of the ring in the Ballad of Bull Ramos, Southwestern Territory, and Werewolf Gimmick are rendered with a keen understanding of the human experience. Darnielle doesn't quite have the ideal voice to inhabit the tough guys he often sings about, but he understands the grand drama and the small details of these tales well enough to make his characters seem real and multi-dimensional, and he allows the songs to sound gentle when they deal with hard lives. And the accomplishments of his bandmates Peter Hughes on bass and John Burster in drums is superb, following the paths of Darnielle's voice, guitar, keyboards, with intuitive grace. You don't have to care about wrestling to be knocked out by Beat the Champ, but Darnielle makes it clear that these stories mean something real to him. And this is a fascinating portrait, not of who wins or loses, but those who play the game. Alright, what did we think of Beat the Champ by the Mountain Goats? Um, I thought it was interesting, but in a good way. It was very entertaining. Yeah, I was very surprised by this album, actually. I, I went in not expecting not to like it as much, but... Here I am, actually liking it much.
1: Mm-hmm. I particularly like this album a lot because it's a concept album about wrestling, and it doesn't treat wrestling like it's this big farce, like most things do. It knows that wrestling is a form of theater, just as this, just as or performance art as any, like... Any musical act is like the dangers in wrestling are pretty big. And like we, you know, we know the cautionary tales of, you know, sex, drug and rock and roll, you know, you know, we got a bad movie that tried to do that (laughs) in Sergeant Pepper last week, but, but wrestling has a different, like, it essentially is the life of a rock star only while a rock star is just singing and they, they are putting their body out there. A wrestler is literally putting their body on the line every time that they come out of the curtain, do some bumps, do a move, you know, all of that. But we just don't give them like the respect they really deserve and
0: Yeah, and I think this album par- I think a part of why we don't give wrestlers respect for what they do is because wrestling itself has been turned into such a overblown pompous farce that uh, we don't even care about the humans that are working in it anymore.
2: I, I almost thought you said Pompous fart for a second.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. With the and All of the album songs, right, none of them explicitly mention, like, a big crowd. Like, they mention crowds, but they don't mention, like, hundreds of thousands. And with the actual songs that we, that are about real wrestling people, like, uh, Stabbed Outside and, uh, legend of chavo guerrero those aren't wrestlers that blew up they aren't hulk hogan's they're not stone colds right Hmm. they're were they popular wrestlers in their day yeah but they weren't the biggest wrestlers even during their day Hmm. right they didn't actually get like their heyday for a lot of reasons it's this respect for wrestling outside of like wwe and major promotions like that where it's it acknowledges that Even though it's not this big industry that everyone is, you know, gelling with, right, and watching on TV, there's still importance to it. But it still, like, knocks the industry itself with stuff like Werewolf Gimmick, where we have this wrestler who has a werewolf gimmick who is just, like, unappreciative because he believes his own hype of his werewolf gimmick. Even though that'll probably cost him in the end once that werewolf gimmick becomes stale in the eyes of whatever wrestling audience he presents it to one day and you know it's it's just a great album it's not it's in my like top 10 favorite albums like i like it as much as sergeant pepper but sergeant pepper obviously like revolutionized music but this but this just speaks to me you know what i mean
0: yeah and uh i'm not much a wrestling guy myself but uh this uh, album really makes it all exciting now, um, Riley, said- Wyatt, you're both being very quiet. I'm very concerned about that.
3: Uh, I, I- I liked it. The- the high points of the album were huge high points for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the songs I liked were great. Uh, some of so them not so much, but overall I had a good time with it. Yeah.
0: All right.
4: Can I just be really honest with you guys?
0: Oh, well. Mm-hmm.
4: I didn't like it. Reasonable. Mm.
0: Even after all those soliloquies we said, you still don't like it.
1: Yeah, I didn't really like it. Mm. Well, why um, didn't you like it, Riley? And be painfully honest.
0: It's not honest, really
4: you. my type of music. It's not my type.
1: i that.
0: Like what do you mean? Like what what is it about the music that you're not too into?
4: I don't know. It just feels really cheesy for some reason.
0: Well, wrestling, modern wrestling itself is cheesy, so I guess it kind of fits.
4: Yeah, I'm not really a wrestling person myself. I don't really watch wrestling. I just prefer watching like gymnastics, but I'm not that big of a person of yeah. like wrestling.
0: Oh yeah, I will Gymna- say, I will say though, gymnastics concept. I will say one. though, that <laughs> there, isn't I, that
1: just what chorus line is essentially though? <laughs>
0: well i i'm gonna agree with what wyatt said the uh songs i did like they were huge points for me like uh foreign object he'll turn to and the battle of bull ramos were definitely my high points especially with uh foreign oh. object and it's a uh, really blunt chorus and the uh, saxophone line as a saxophonist i appreciate that yeah well,
2: you you didn't ask me what i thought of the album
0: well, I'm sure you like it. Well,
2: yeah, um, yeah, as an indie kid at heart, I obviously have a, quite a bit of fondness for the Mountain Goats, so I do enjoy this one.
0: You know, when Kade threw this album, Left Field, to us, I was pretty surprised at how good these players were and how I didn't expect them to sound like this, so, so yeah, this was a pleasant surprise for me. Although, with every album, there are some, uh, Things that I'm not too fond about, but um, I don't want to get into that in the danger of being stuck in another sack.
1: You're in like a hundred sacks already, and at this point, since Cain Month is winding down, you get to leave 50 of them. Hooray.
2: How many do I get to leave? Am I- yeah, you
1: were me? only in one sack, but it was like a big sack. Like, it was basically a second home, essentially.
2: What
4: about me?
1: I don't even think you've actually been formally sacked, but I do have... A flashing button marked Riley's Termination Papers. Mm-hmm. I could press it right now, but do you want the you sack do you. or the papers?
4: <laughs> you do you.
1: <laughs> okay, you get a sack full of papers. Thank you. Okay.
4: I deserve it.
5: Like a dog, down on the cards, square in the spotlight, sweating the hard. All soaked in blood like a newborn babe Sharp thing hidden in my hand Shaped like an astrolabe Gonna stick you in the eye with a foreign object Gonna poke you in the eye with a foreign object
0: Same up with uh, next to normal. While I did like some of the lyrics, I some of the music choices I'd say weren't my favorite either. Although I think I'd stomach them more than Riley. I'm not the biggest fan of some of the musical ideas here, but I do like some musical ideas, like stabbed to death outside San Juan. The ending totally sounds like the ending to David Bowie's Space Oddity.
1: Yeah, I think that was part of the reason, and also it's to symbolize Bruiser Brody's like death. Yeah, which. If you want to know more about the event that that song is based off of, watch the Dark Side of the Ring episode about it, about Bruiser Brody. It's the event, like, when you hear it in the song, it's already this crazy thing that you can't believe happened, right? Like, like even if you didn't know that was based off a real event, you're just thinking, this guy was about to wrestle and got stabbed and no one helped him until it was too late and he died, right?
0: Hmm. That's, that's sad.
1: Yeah. But then you get the real, like, life story of why it happened, all the politics around it, and you're just like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Bruiser Brody was murdered right before he was going to wrestle, and his murderer is still wrestling today. <laughs> that's wow.
0: that That's how a, bad it is. This is a society. It is a society. And we, we live in, live in a in society.
1: A, <laughs> yeah, it's essentially like a... It's, a one of, it's like a true crime story, really. And it's just... So sad that that happened to him, and but he still left his mark on the industry because he was one of the forefathers of hardcore deathmatch wrestling, and you know even people that made it into the WWE were like greatly inspired by him, and it just sucks that like Brody didn't get like his his worldwide fame that he should have. Yeah, you know that's another thing that they kind of touch on with the second song, uh. The Legend of Chavo Guerrero. This is the one the Mountain Goats chose to be like the single of the album, and it makes the
0: most. It sense. does sound like a it, single. It does sound kind of out of place on the album, so that kind of does sound yeah. like a single that an indie band would like release. Honestly, I'm not
3: it, it, too big of a fan of the chorus on that track.
0: Neither, neither of us kind of irks me.
1: It's this, you know. It's this. It tells the story of how of the Mountain Goats, you know, leader. And his favorite wrestler, Chavo Guerrero. Hmm. And it you know, it's this peppy spry song, unlike all the other ones, because hmm. it's him as like a kid. This is him like nostalgically remembering Chavo Guerrero.
3: Hmm.
1: Which, you know, hits harder because a few years after this album came out, Chavo Guerrero did die. Hmm.
0: Yeah. Right, so I, you know. I read about that. And so I uh, I I wrote for Legend of Chavo Guerrero. Pretty spicy, but a bit too peppy. Yeah. And of course, this is
1: also the only song on the album that got, like, a music video. Hmm. But to be fair, I don't know ha- what other, you know, songs on the album could get, like, a music video. Hmm. That could, like, ba- you know, be, like, an actual... Like, maybe Ballad of Bull Ramos, but then that that could get, like, too crazy towards uh, the end.
0: Yeah, I liked Battle of Bill Ramos better than Legend of Chavo Guerrero. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But so, like, Legend of Chavo Guerrero's whole thing is talking about Chavo Guerrero, and you know, again, there's there there's a bot there's a bit of wrestling history in the song, because Chavo Guerrero is from you know they explain it in the song where he is from this great wrestling family known as the Guerreros, and he's not even though he's the Mountain Goats solo artist favorite you know wrestler at the time, right? All of his like escapades in wrestling was completely unknown outside of Texas and on the West Coast, which, you know, stayed in the song. And he even, you know, brings up the other members of the Guerrero family, ending with young Eddie G, who is Eddie Guerrero, who later becomes the most, you know, famous Guerrero for being in WWE and being a WWE champion and stuff like that. And and towards the end, there's also bringing up how Chavo's son would also wrestle worldwide, and he would bring Chavo... Senior with them eventually, you know. It's just this like wholesome song, mm. and you just you just vibe on it, and you just like it.
0: Yeah, the yeah. You know? uh, a lot of the songs on this album have fun vibes, even if the uh, backgrounds on some of the songs aren't fun at all. So uh... yeah,
2: they're like they're like Matthias Mask. It's, it's these uh, very dark undercurrent, while also maintaining a fun factor. And we all know how much Schafrilla's loves this sort of
3: thing. Hmm. That's the best description I've heard. It, it is Majora's Mask as, as an
0: album. Like beat the champ is the, then drowned. Beat the champ fun. is the Majora's Mask of music.
1: <laughs> yeah, but well, wait, what does that make the Majora's Mask soundtrack? The major's Mask soundtrack. Video games. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, Travo Guerrero is one out of two songs I felt to be kind of out of place on this album. The other one being, uh, Choked Out, which sounds like a Green Day song if they quit halfway through.
3: I love Choked Out. I, that
0: was one of my favorites. I, that <laughs> was a good one, too. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I, I think it, I like that one, too, except uh, it kind of ended a bit too early for me. Short and sweet, maybe yeah, a bit one, too short.
1: I think it's one of those things where, as a non-wrestling like wrestling fan, you don't really like get the drive behind why they made that song. Because, like, it's insane that, like, a lot of way pro-wrestling matches end, it, end is with... The guy, like, fake choking out someone, and then the other guy having to pretend that he got choked out, you know? (laughs) And you've got to sell that. You've got to be in on that guy's, like, neck and, like, not actually choke him, but make it look that you're choking him. And the other guy has to pretend that he's actually getting choked, Mm. right? And, like, choked out just feels like like the absurdity of that concept, Mm. you know?
0: Yeah. You know, I will, you know, I'm also gonna say this, uh, a majority of this album is better than that entire sequence in Diary of a Wimpy Kid where Greg learns wrestling, as much as I <laughs> love Diary of a Wimpy Kid. They're not gonna bad. know
1: the context! We didn't just, we weren't recording This album that. is better than L.A. Blues on its own.
0: <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. I guess Mark Deming <laughs> doesn't know the difference. This
1: is literally the best album besides Sgt. Pepper that we've done on this show.
0: I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry, man. you know, uh... Love, love I wrote for.
2: Are better than L.A. Blues.
0: Yeah, I wrote for Animal Mask. It sounds kind of like The Wiggles to me. But then again, Cade said The Wiggles were better than Lizzie, which means this album is better than Lizzie.
1: Yeah, I have like this idea, right? Like we have Animal Mask, right? Where it's this guy helping the other dude because he's like young and he needs his mask because it slipped off, right? And then at the later part of the album, after we've gotten Heel Turn 2, which I love the fact that it's called Heel Turn 2, because...
0: Where's Heel Turn 1? One?
1: 1. That means that this the wrestler that we were following in that song had been a heel, like, probably at the beginning of his career, gained the popularity of the fans, and then has turned his back on the fans once again for this heel turn, right? Mm. And then a few songs later... We get unmasked, which is about this dude unmasking his wrestling friend, and later looking at himself in the mirror and ask unmasking himself. Hmm. And I I'd like to believe that Animal Mask, heel turn two, and unmasked are like part of the same like story. Hmm. Like it's a it's a, like a three act structure,
0: hmm. right? Yeah, I wrote for unmasked. It sounds kind of like Roger Waters if he wrestled that fan instead of spit on them. It gets an extra point for not actually being Roger Waters. Because Roger Waters is a problematic person.
1: Yeah. The only, like, downside to this album that I feel is a a lot of the songs are just concept things about wrestling, right? So there's not, like, this one song at the end that, like, feels like it's the ending, right? Like, Hair Match is a good good song, right? Mm. And it's just describing a hair... Like, what happens at the end of a hair match. But... It doesn't, that, like, that wouldn't, that doesn't feel like the end. i probably put Stab to Death outside of San Juan at the end, because hmm. just of how intense it is, right?
0: Yeah, and it also, features the Space would, Oddity like, reference.
1: And also it would, like, contrast with the beginning, which is Southwestern Territory, which is, you know, describing the life of a wrestler on the road, and then you'd end with the life of a wrestler on the road that didn't get to see his kid again because he got murdered, right? Hmm. but you know we, we'll never know why they actually made the songs yeah. in the order that they are yeah. you know
0: so um the mountain
1: goats aren't the beatles peter jackson's not gonna make a three-part documentary about the mountain goats beat the champ <laughs> yeah
0: me too so uh um, we'll do
1: that's when we'll do get back guys yeah. is when the peter jackson documentary comes out sorry i'm so hyped
2: oh i i'm I'm thinking it'll probably premiere at TIFF, Hmm. Toronto Film Festival.
1: Maybe. It's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. So, So um,
2: I was hoping last night in Soho would be at TIFF, and it turns out it is now. I'm probably going to see that once digitally streaming across Canada. I'm also fingers crossed for West Side Story remake premiering there.
3: Hmm. I forgot about that yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. yeah it looks so good it I does. Saw it really does. Even the height
0: so the ballad of bull Ramos was uh, inspired by Manuel Ramos otherwise known as Apache bull Ramos who died in 2006 from a massive shoulder infection mm. yeah it, it's
1: sad but it's a good it's it's a good song because it, it portrays how like wrestlers after they've retired are like yeah you know, it's like that movie with Called the wrestler, right?
0: Oh, yeah, the uh, one with oh, uh, got... Mickey, uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke, yeah.
2: Oh, oh yeah, I remember when Mickey Rourke was on The Masked Singer and he found this costume really hot and he unmasked before anyone could, like, eliminate him. It was crazy. <laughs> and, but it was probably the craziest moment to happen on the show before Kermit, you know, Kermit was yeah. on. It <laughs> and stuff.
1: Kermit. I still don't get what the point of that is. It's that's not even. That, you're still hiding behind a puppet, <laughs> like.
0: <laughs> who is Who is behind the the puppet? The <laughs> Muppet.
1: Yeah, like he he's operating Kermit inside of that snail costume. Like, what what was the point?
0: Um, Part yeah, twist. It's Jim Henson me. from the grave. <laughs> oh, <no.
2: laughs> that reminds that's me. What's um, going on? That's really what that, happened. That reminds me of like, Barbara Streisand put out a unreleased version of rainbow connection recently and she spliced the version she did in like the 70s with the original kermit version and it sounds really weird i want to go more into it on my podcast since the first episode's
1: gonna
3: be the muppet movie Mm. shameless plug
1: (laughs) Shameless plug
0: um, this was also, I, this I, episode
1: I, was going to be a crossover with my wrestling podcast, but my other guy is camping right now.
3: Will so, you cover the finger poke of death? So, uh, speaking of, no, we not We do,
1: We cover current wrestling stuff. So,
0: uh, speaking, of, speaking of, speaking of Barbra Streisand, I I saw a video recently about Willie Nelson being stoked that he's finally working with Barbra Streisand.
1: What does this have to do with?
0: I don't know. We're getting off topic. Yeah. The
2: tangent, baby.
0: It's the it's the Rock yeah, well, of Ages podcast. Like we're all about that. We're all about that tangent lifestyle.
1: Well, Willie Nelson did perform the national anthem at one of the WrestleManias, so I guess.
0: Yeah, you, we found a way to connect the tangent back to the story. Do a big
3: circle.
1: Well, I'm not sure what Barbara Streisand has ever done for wrestling. The, She's the a... diva that she is. Get her out! Get her out of here! Get, her out of, her. She's... Get out her out of here! She's not done anything for wrestling. She's not a true <laughs> diva yet. <laughs> Grab a great big truck.
5: When I'm old, when I'm old. Haul the wrecks down to the wreck yard. Help the boys unload. Keep my hair nice and long. Because I can, because I can. Any of my old friends who have no place to turn to. They know to call me anytime
0: they come through. Never die, never die. Alright, so uh, Isaiah and Wyatt, I want to introduce you to a reoccurring uh, character on this podcast. He is a uh, critic for this newspaper called The Village Voice, and his name is Robert Criscow, and he is
4: Oh yes, we love Robert Criscow.
0: Yes, and he's well known in this podcast for having the hottest spiciest takes
3: Ooh. okay i'm listening
0: and he gave this album an a minus
3: okay
1: Fun. wow he had a good take for once
0: yeah <laughs> but a broken clock is one of it. his one of his most famous hot takes was giving funhouse an a minus as well ew <laughs> yeah
1: just, look Funhouse doesn't deserve that but be the champ does deserve this a minus
0: I'm sure he likes Beat the Champ better than Funhouse. That is true. So, anyone else have any uh, thoughts on the album before we go around? Um,
3: foreign object
0: or like that? It's like my favorite uh, track on the album. It's also I'm gonna
1: stab you in the eye with right. a foreign it sounds, object.
3: It sounds like a rejected Ninja Sex Party song. Ooh. and I love NSP, but I hate the song. Ouch. I just love the trumpet in the back of foreign objects. I it thought
0: it was the sack. I thought the, the I thought those were saxophones.
3: Oh, you know what? That that'd be more accurate.
0: I
1: in we my thought, head I just, yeah, I wanted
3: to the mountain goats.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. like um, it's also Robert Christgau's favorite song on Beat the Champ. Uh, I thought um, his favorite
1: was the... Legend of Trava Guerrero, but you know.
0: Yeah, yes, because I the, the critic's always gonna choose the uh, singles. Yeah, high point for me was he right in the he middle. Li- he says he likes them all.
2: I-, I will stab you in the eye with a foreign object has, like, that
0: it radiates the random
2: sa- out-of-context line from a movie <laughs> It's energy.
0: like that- For some reason, I will stab like you in that- the eye with a foreign object radiates the same energy as, stick it deep inside, stick it deep inside, because I'm loose. And no, Iggy, no, Iggy Pop, you are not loose. You are not a fourteen-year-old Latina girl. Stop, stop taking those drugs, Iggy. It's like
1: that. It's like that part of Macbeth where the guy's like, "What you egg?" and then in the <laughs> stage directions, he stabs him. <laughs> Classic
2: ah, Macbeth. Joel Cohen's The Tragedy of Macbeth is another movie I'm hoping to see at Toronto at TIFF.
0: Joe Cohen, as in the Cohen brothers, or Joe Cohen as the guy who wrote Garfield movie?
2: Joel Cohen from the <laughs> Cohen brothers, obviously. That's funny right. because, like, um, the, one of the reasons Bill Murray signed up yes. for Garfield um, the no movie, movie was because no. he I, saw.
1: Save it for your podcast. We can't. Uh, one more no. Garfield, Bill Murray, none of it has to do with wrestling or beat Ted. <laughs> anything
3: either. to do with life. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're trying to discuss the wrestling rock album, and you're over here. Let's just go around and rate it, everyone.
0: Alright, uh, also, uh, su- you saucy boy, that's another funny Shakespeare quote. <laughs> Alright, uh, yeah. let's uh, go around. Cade, go first, out of ten.
1: Nine out of ten!
3: Alright, um, I'll give it a good seven. I liked uh, Heel Turn 2 and Fire Editorial a lot.
0: Yeah, Heel Turn and- 2 is was- it was probably the. That was p- definitely the high point. It was probably um, the. And then it just kind of picked up from there. Yeah, it was like the. So. P- Hail Turn 2 was like the proggiest of all the uh, songs. It, it's not really a proggy uh, album, but still, it gave off vibes like Pink Floyd, Jethro Toll, Super Tramp. Yeah, it whatnot. must be why it's my favorite on the album. Yeah. Oh boy, I'm afraid for Riley's rating.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a solid 5.5. 5.
0: Mm, that point 0.5
1: spared you. All right, next person.
2: Oh, I mean, oh, yeah. i I give it a nine. Uh, but my favorite Mountain Goat song would probably be No Children, which is fantastic.
1: It's funny, because that's the thing that came up on my shuffle play after the album finished on Spotify today. <laughs> yeah.
0: No Children is I, what I'm going to have in on... ten years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Abstinence.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: no Children is... Uh, also, my future.
0: Save this for after the podcast, okay? So, uh, okay. okay. W- Wyatt, you're next. Uh,
3: I give it a solid seven and a half. Just for it gave off some folk punk vibes, and I dug that. So <laughs> I gave that that bumped up. All right. So Wyatt,
1: the only other wrestling fan gave it a seven point five.
0: <laughs> so uh betrayal. <laughs> I'll be
1: That's a
4: little bit more generous and give it like a six.
0: All right. All right. So, uh, I did like it, although I do have some problems with the musical ideas they come up with. It's mainly a very solid record, like, uh, it did make me pay attention to the Mountain Goats, a band I really never really thought of, and now that I've listened to them, I'm like, hey, these uh, guys are actually pretty cool, like, I would put them in, like, the top 20 best acts of the 21st century, along with the, uh, Killers. With that said, I don't know when or if I'm going to come back to this album. I'm still not sure if it's for me, but for what it is, it's really, really good. And uh, it got me into interested in uh, wrestling, and, and it, it really shows you how much the wrestlers' lives, it reminds us how they're still people, and... Uh, so yeah, I really liked it, what it stands for, and what the lyrics are about, and some of the musical ideas. I was astonished by how solid this album is. I'm I'm happy about it, so I'm gonna give it a nice, uh, solid, um, 8.4. Yeah, so, uh, my uh, final rating for when I uh, did the uh, means for my notes is 8.46 out of 10, and the, uh, the mean, the average for Lizzie when we did that album was 8.28 out of 10, which means huzzah, this is technically a better album than Lizzie. Yeah. Woohoo. Yay,
1: every album's better than Lizzie.
0: <laughs> at least this yeah, one, do- at least yeah. this one isn't, uh, poking fun at the Irish. Yep.
1: Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully our combined score for this is better than Lizzie.
0: It's better I than- I really hope. I, uh, did this and guess what? It actually is better than Lizzie.
1: Yay! Yeah! <laughs> Thanks for that. Sonic <laughs> is whispering into my ear right now, uh, and he's saying, "Cade month will end at the end of June. You did it.
3: We, we made it through.
0: We cracked we the code. It. We
1: now we did it. Now, of course, I still have you know my picks, and I figured, what's a better way to end Cade month off with another two for one deal from Cade? Huzzah! And." as we've, we've done a lot of firsts during Cade Month, so I want to get one more first out of the way. Next episode, we're going to be doing not an album this time.
0: Oh, no. What? No.
1: We're going to be doing a concert.
0: Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, okay. Oh,
1: good fun. We're doing Sonic Symphony. The thirtieth oh. anniversary what? Sonic the
3: Hedgehog. No. Oh oh, no. No. No.
0: No. No. no, 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 no,
1: no, no, guys, don't worry. It's not a Sonic musical. It's just a Sonic concert. Still, it's like the soundtracks. Music. It's
0: not even rock at this point.
1: It's Sonic is rock. rock. Have you never listened to City Escape?
0: As long <laughs> as like it uh, got Chemical Plant.
5: plant. My song heard? Chemical Plant.
2: What about Crisis yeah. City? A little Crisis City banger.
1: Yeah. See, we're gonna have so much fun with this episode. And, to finally end off all of my picks for all of the Cade Month albums, the episode after Sonic Symphony, we will be looking at an album that has quite been literally taking the internet by storm for, like, the past month. Heck, it came out the day that my birthday was, that, you know, started this whole Cade Month. The final Cade Month album is Bo Burnham's Inside.
2: Oh. oh, my oh. brother would like that hmm.
1: Alright, see y'all
0: Alright, thank you
1: See you in the next one
5: Get stomped like a snake Lie down in the dirt Cling to my convictions Even when I get hurt Be an upstanding, well-loved man About town In your child's mind That's how it goes down But I try The losing side I don't want to die in here I don't want to die in here Drift down into the new dark light Spent too much of my